0: Hello. Welcome. I hope you're doing all right. So what prompted this episode, the episode for small talk tips, that's why you're here. What prompted this is conversations with my clients and a lot of my clients have anxiety and in social interactions, they struggle with striking up a conversation. And I also have a lot of clients who believe that small talk serves no purpose because they want to go deep with people. And I often say you have to do the small talk dance before you can really dive deep with other people, because that's just the way our social structures are. And why not be able to get good at small talk, right? Like it's a really important skill I know it can be very uncomfortable. We have to learn how to get good at this. It's not always something that we just have the knack of doing. So let's dive in. I really hope that this episode gives you tips and some questions you can ask. We're going to get into the open-ended question section later, but I really hope that it inspires you to strike up a conversation and remember that it's not a big deal right? Because most of the time people aren't going to remember a lot of what you're saying. I feel like for my clients that have anxiety, there's a lot of this like, oh my God, what if I have to remember everything? And like, what if I like make a fool of myself and people think horribly of me? And I find those things to be the stories that the anxious mind creates. They're not true. If we stumble over our words, if we're kind of goofy or a little awkward, it's not that big of a deal. There are 8 billion people on the planet. And in our conversations with people, sometimes we can even say, oh my gosh, I'm a little nervous right now. (laughs) you know, And we can just share that part of ourselves without it being too much information and still keeping in that realm of small talk. And I'm going to give you um, ideas of how to do this. But Let's go over first, the definition of small talk, what it is. Small talk is a basic type of communication. It is light and simple communication and conversation. What it is not is not a time to educate people about what you're an expert at. It's not the time to take up all the space in the room. That's not what it's for. This is meant to be enjoyable. You're meant to have more quote-unquote shallow topics or basic topics. And I know that a lot of my community that's more spiritual tends to roll their eyes at this idea of small talk. But again, it is a skill that will take you very far in life because what you need to do in small talk is learn how to read a room and learn how to read other people. And you can think about this not so much as people getting to know you, but you understanding the types of people that are in the world. So if you can do a little bit of a mindset shift and see this as a positive social experiment that will only show you more about human behavior and how to adapt to different people, different personalities, and even different environments, you're going to be very successful in navigating a lot of social situations in the future. So think of yourself as a scientist in the middle of this experiment, as uncomfortable as it is, again, the more you do it, the better at it you get. So you're going to have to put yourself into situations where you don't like it, but here we are. So remember, as we go through this, that these things are loose, right? But I feel like they're pretty, pretty good when it comes to how you want to approach small talk. So the first thing we start with is Hello. Very simple. Don't hesitate to say hello. The environment might dictate whether you use hi, hey, hey, y'all, whatever, um, or hello. If you're in a formal setting, hello is a given. If it's a less formal setting, you could say hi, y'all. But hello sounds a lot more refined and it sounds, I would say, more... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Formal, which is fine. I feel like that's appropriate. So, hello. That's what we're going to start with. And then you introduce yourself. It depends on the environment again, and it depends on how well you know people. If this is your first interaction, you probably don't want to lead with a hug or anything like maybe not even a handshake. You could just do a little wave. Hello. But if you feel like you want to do a handshake, if this is, again, a more formal setting or professional environment, you're going to want to shake the people's hands that are around you. I do know that post-pandemic, handshaking may or may not be a thing in your social group. I know that uh, the the elbow bump was a thing for a while. Um, That, again, may be more of a informal environment action versus a formal, which is just the hello and the handshake or the, the wave of the hand and, in and, and like making eye contact with everybody. So as you're saying hello, as you're introducing yourself, let people know who you are and what the name is that you call yourself and what you want them to call you. So whether it's your nickname and you can say, hi, my name is Jessica, but I go by whatever. Uh, so go ahead and lean in with that and then you're going to choose a simple topic so remember that the goal of small talk is to keep it easy and light and i feel like again i'm i feel like i'm talking to very specific people here but that's okay So many of my clients want to have these really deep conversations and they feel like that's the way to get to know people. But that's not true. The way to get to know people is to have light conversations. You want to allow people to feel comfortable around you. If you're digging deep and if you're overwhelming people, that doesn't make anybody feel comfortable. It does the opposite. It actually repels them and makes them pull in and like look around the room and like, I got to get out of here. So when you're thinking about light and easy things, That's what you want to bring up to people. And I'm going to give you some clearer examples of that, but just remember that the subjects of conversation do need to be very simple. So you want to ask appropriate questions and you want to keep those questions as open-ended as possible. So I'm going to go into those examples later in the episode, but the questions that you do not want to ask, okay, and the topics that you do not want to ask are about politics, religion, spirituality, trauma, your sob stories, conspiracy theories, and deep family dynamics. All of those are off the list, okay? You have to really understand that people don't want to talk about that unless they genuinely know you and or unless the setting is suggesting that that's something you would do. If you're at a political conference, obviously you would be talking about politics, I know my audience fairly well to say the majority of you guys aren't going to be there. So that's not really for you to talk about, um, especially in a small talk setting, a very casual or formal setting is just not something you want to do. Again, talking to my spiritual clients and my religious clients, don't, don't talk about it. You have to have, you have, you have to understand that this, because you're passionate about it doesn't mean that everyone else is passionate about it. And how can you learn? what other people's passions are by asking them and by actively listening. So just remember that this isn't about you. It's not about you sharing your life with everybody and what you're interested in. Although you're going to have that back and forth exchange naturally, if you're still talking to people that are open and wanting to listen to you. However, it's, you don't want to lead in with like politics, this and religion that, and I think this about, the earth being flat or round or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, I just had to take a break. I took, um, I made Abuelita, the hot chocolate. Oh, so good. It's so good. It has like that cinnamon in it. Mm. Okay. So now that we have looked at what we don't talk about, we'll go into what we can talk about. But before that, we're going to talk about the follow-up questions. This requires you to actively listen. You ask a person an open-ended question, they give you a little bit of an answer, and you can follow up with, again, another question. One phrase that I use often that helps a lot in small talk, I would say the person's name because we've already had an introduction And so using a person's name again and again in conversation helps your memory, helps them feel more comfortable with you and helps you feel more comfortable with them because you're creating a sense of closeness by using a person's name. So let's, for example, say this person's name is Tom. I would say, Tom, say more about that. It sounds like really interesting. And I want to know more about your thoughts and feelings on insert the subject, right? So again, I ask a question, they tell me a little bit, and I would be like, wow, Tom, that's super fascinating. Can you say more about that or say more about that? I want to know about your thoughts and feelings. And then that person would respond with whatever else they want to tell me about their situation or whatever. So cultural competency is really important. I feel like a lot of times people think they know what the right things to do are in different types of environments, but they're often wrong. So For example, let's say you're going to a wedding and it's a completely different culture of yours. Do a little bit of research before you get there. Okay. Maybe even like in the car on the way, but obviously if you're not driving, but you're going to want to understand what is and is not appropriate, whether it be again, topics of conversation, whether it's certain type of types of gestures, uh, whether it's, certain types of like, I don't even know how you use silverware, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. I can't think of anything, but there are definitely do's and don'ts in different cultures. And cultural competency is an important way to engage with small talk better. Understanding again, what needs to happen within certain dynamics will help you be more comfortable instead of kind of looking around and like, I don't know what to do. That's only going to help you Well, that's not going to help. It's only going to create more insecurity. So the cultural competency. um, The other thing I find is that people are very happy to inform you of what is correct and incorrect. So if you're in the moment and you are hesitating instead of staying in your head, just ask a person and say, I'm new to this and I would really love for you to show me. Can you help And people will often help with eagerness because they see you as a person who cares. You want to be respectful and you want to learn. And those are really great qualities. And most often people are very, very, uh, attending to that type of, uh, connection. So don't hesitate to ask people for advice, um, in those, in those situations. So. General types of conversation are really good. General topics are really good. They work best when they're specific. And what I mean by that is, hey, are you new to the area? What do you like about the food here? As opposed to like, what's your favorite food? And I'm not saying that what's your favorite food is a bad question. It's actually on my list. But when we are in a more intimate setting, keep things specific But again, you want them to be around general subjects. So again, it could be, okay, like where have you visited? Oh, you've been to Toronto. What was your favorite thing about Toronto? And then the person would then launch into what they liked about it instead of just being like, where's your favorite place to go? And again, not a bad question, but the more specific, the better. So show that you're hearing people around you and a way that we do this when we're being good at small talk and this actually has nothing to do with speaking, is using your body to listen. So you would be making direct eye contact with the person. And if they're talking for a little bit, you want to nod your head and show that you are actually listening to what they're saying. If it's appropriate, you can get a little closer to this individual by leaning in and showing interest. You obviously want to face them. Have your arms down at your side, or if you're holding a drink, have that in front of you. What you don't want to do is have your arms crossed and like pointing away from the person that obviously shows that you're disinterested and closed off. You don't look approachable. And then if it's appropriate, you can maybe touch that person lightly on the arm or the small of their back. It definitely depends on context and it definitely depends on whether or not you want that reciprocated. I understand that if you lean in and if you do a gesture, a physical gesture of touching a person you are essentially welcoming that into your, uh, into your space, and so you just need to be mindful of that. Of obviously, like we're not going to go around asking for consent in these things. These are sort of these unspoken situations that can be super tricky. If you feel more comfortable with asking, hey, do you mind if I touch you on your arm while we'll talking or whatever? Then that's totally fine as well. Um. Again, you're leading in that that way, showing people how you want to be treated, how you want to be approached and connected with. So just be mindful of that. Uh, yeah, use the environment to your advantage. This is an easy one. And this is one that I think a lot of people overlook because they're too anxious. They're like in their head and trying to figure out like the right thing to say. But in the examples list, you're going to hear how you can do that. So stay tuned, but using your environment to your advantage is a great way to to be really good at small talk and then do your best to not answer their questions with yes or no. You want to carry on the conversation. So don't hesitate to expand on something that someone asks you, right? Just because we are getting good at small talk doesn't mean that the people around us are great at small talk. So if they ask you a question, like, do you have any dogs? And you're like, no, you could leave it there. And, but you could say, no, I really prefer cats or I'm allergic to dogs, but I wish I could have them. And my favorite dog is a, whatever, whatever. How about you? Do you have pets? Tell me your favorite type of animal. So see how that's so much better and more open and more inviting than just a flat out. No. And then kind of like making them real in their mind, because Most people have anxiety in these social situations. so I promise you that other people in the room are also very anxious, maybe even more anxious than yourself. The best thing that you can do is put yourself at ease because people will then be able to catch that energy and mirror you with a little bit of ease. What's more awkward than like yes or no questions and then being like, oh God, I hate it so much. So I am very mindful in those conversations to continue on and then reflect back to them with a similar question about what they're interested in as well. All right. So if you have a pen and paper, I want you to get that out. You can pause this episode real quick. Um, You can also look in the show notes. This, These show notes are going to be on Instagram and they're going to be on YouTube. So if you're strictly listening on the podcast, hop over to my YouTube and Instagram if you want to grab that list without writing it down. You can like screenshot or whatever. But here we go. This is a pretty well rounded list of questions that you can ask that are open ended that honor the small talk without going overboard. Okay. So what do you do for a living? I'm super basic. I know that some people don't like that question. Uh, excuse me. I know that some people don't like that question, and I know that some people are like, "I'm more than what I do for a living." That's your own shit that you need to figure out, like, and understand. That this is a normal question that you're going to get asked in lots of different environments. You can't expect everybody to know. What's like more of an outdated question or what's sort of like an inappropriate, I don't want to say inappropriate. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess like more of a trigger question for you because it definitely doesn't trigger everybody. And again, globally, culturally, a lot of cultures are very open to wanting to talk about what they do for a living. So it's important. Ask that question. You'd be surprised. So then you could also... Follow up with that and say, how did you start your line of work? What got you into what you're doing right now? What do you like and dislike about your work? So what's your favorite part of the job? What do you absolutely not like about it? If you could change anything within your organization or within your role, what would it be? When you were a kid, who did you want to be when you grew up? Or what did you want to do when you were little thinking about yourself as an adult? What went through your mind? If you can do anything, what would it be? Another question is, are you from this area? There's definitely the PC police that say this is a not nice question to ask people. However, it's okay to ask this question globally. People don't have a problem with it. I find that it's more of a trigger question in United States than other places. Most places like people don't care. <laughs> so just be mindful. Like you're learning the art of this. If this is a question that you feel uncomfortable asking because you're afraid to be canceled or the PC police are going to come after you. Don't ask. But the other thing, too, is be mindful, right? Because you're asking about this area. Um, I think. What I've seen online is people are like, are you from here as sort of a general question? So remember, we want to keep it general and specific at the same time. And the art of doing that is saying, are you from this area, this particular place? Not like, are you from the United States of America? Are you from another country? It's just, are you from this area? Are you new to this area? What do you like and dislike about living here? And you can also just reframe this about wherever they tell you that they do live. What do you like and dislike about your home's place or whatever? what uh what brings you to the event so let's go back to the event setting let's go back to those other social situations where it could be a conference it could be um obviously not a wedding because like the wedding is why you're there to see people get married but there could be lots of reasons why people show up to different things so you could say like what brings you to this event what are your thoughts about this event so far if this event has multiple speakers, you can say which speaker has been your favorite and why. And then again, you're just really opening them up to talking about what they find interesting. The whole point of small talk is to understand other people. (laughs) So when you're at a event and you've all been invited by the same person, you can say, how do you know the host? Insert the person's name. And I know at weddings, it's, are you from the bride side or the groom side, right? And then how long have you known the bride or groom? How long have you known their family? What's a funny story you can tell me about the bride or the groom? Or what's your favorite memory with the bride or the groom? Those are great questions to ask at a wedding. Uh, if you really feel uncomfortable asking some of those types of questions, if there's food and drink, you easy Easy access right there to some small talk. What food or drink would you recommend? This is the drink that I got. These appetizers are bomb. What do you think I should try next? And then you can launch into the whole food question. What's your favorite food? What type of stuff do you like to make? What was your favorite meal growing up? Have your food tastes changed over time? You know, like anything you can think about with food. I mean, we all have to eat. So generally we all do have answers to some of the questions you're going to ask. Uh, how many siblings do you have? So this is an appropriate family question versus like, tell me how you were raised. Like, nope, inappropriate. <laughs> like we want to be mindful that most people don't want to share about their family. Now, in some cultures, it's totally okay to talk about family, go back to cultural competency, When you have learned and understood and got it from the people within that culture to say, yes, we talk about family. Yes, you can ask us anything. Cool. But until you get that, don't do it. Keep the questions really simple and very easy for them to answer. So how many siblings do you have? Um, That's a great one. Let's see. What are your hobbies? Another really good question. Are there any books, songs, artists that you would recommend to me and why? This is a general question, but then you're asking them for a more specific answer. What movies have you seen recently? Tell me your favorite TV show and why. But this can also be tell me your favorite book, your music um, tastes, your favorite artist or whatever. Where have you traveled and when is your next trip? What's the most interesting place you've visited? Where do you want to go that you haven't been yet? Who has inspired you the most? I love that question. I think it's such a great question. Often people are like, "Ooh, that's such a good question. And then you can see them thinking and you have this really cool dynamic when you're asking these questions because people genuinely like to answer them. I love being asked good questions. So when I get asked good questions, I'm always like, "Oh, hell yeah. Like, this is great. You're making me think about things that I haven't thought about in a while." And that's nice because you're all sort of in this weird situation together where you're kind of getting to know each other and um again, it's like it can be fun. It can be really fun. It doesn't have to be like this horrible thing that's boring, I guess. So Who has inspired you the most? I feel like it's a great question. Oh, going back to food. What's your favorite food? What snacks are your favorite and least favorite? How do you spend your days off? What's your favorite season and why? What gadget could you not live without or what appliance or whatever, insert anything there. Share the best advice you've ever received. This is a fantastic question. I highly recommend it. It's at the top of my list, although it's not at the top of this list <laughs> that I'm sharing, but um what's the best advice you've ever gotten? what people share with you is incredible and so don't hesitate to ask that question i would i it's at the top of my list but i wouldn't lead with that question i definitely feel like breaking the ice a little bit with some of the more simple questions are important again because you want to create a sense of ease and comfort with the person in front of you and or the group and so Sometimes that can be a little bit of a on the spot type of question. And once people are a little more settled and comfortable, they'll feel more comfortable having that pause to really think about what somebody has said to them, because not everybody knows the answer to these questions right off the top of their head. So kind of leaving room to like munch the food that you have and take a sip and look around the room. Like Again, you're you're creating a sense of ease and comfort. So you don't want to overwhelm people, but I highly recommend asking that question. What is bringing you joy these days? I love this question. If you've ever had a one-on-one conversation with me via DM or in our sessions or whatever, this is a question I ask often to, so to my clients, but to people in general, because I love when people talk to me about what is making them happy. I love when people share the things that light them up, because I love to see people lit up. And so if you want to help people tap into that sense of joy and gratitude and appreciation, this is a great question to ask them. And it also is something you can follow up with with like, holy shit, that's amazing. I love hearing this. So this is what's bringing me joy. And then you can share a little bit about what's happening in your life. And That applies to all these questions. Just because you're asking these questions first doesn't mean you need to rifle all of them off. You can absolutely share how you're feeling and thinking or your side of things. I'll give you examples for that, but I've got a couple more things on our questions list. So would you say you're an introvert or an extrovert? I get asked this question. uh, The other answer I often give is I'm an ambivert, which is both. However, over the years, I feel way more like an introvert. And then the last question on the list is, what do you want to learn more about or become an expert in? This is interesting. I think that people have so much that they want to do and so much that they want to learn. They might be holding that back and kind of shy about sharing that information, And you'd be surprised. It's like the most abstract shit, which is super exciting. I love hearing that. And it just gets me inspired a lot when I have those answers coming to me. So I'll explain to you how you can share your perspective and then ask the question. And you want to make sure that you do this in a way that's not like taking up all the space in the room and being overbearing. But you can say, okay, so last year I was traveling and I went to Florida and I was like totally obsessed with the hot springs there or the natural springs. It's some of the most beautiful water in the world. Tell me where have you traveled and where is next on your list? So here you go. You're sharing a little bit about yourself, but then you're also sharing or asking them to share with you. So it's not all about you. You're letting them know that you've traveled, travel is a passion of yours, and you're genuinely interested in understanding what they have in their lineup for travel, right? So super simple. Uh, Let's see. I think think that covers this podcast episode. (laughs) It's pretty simple, even though it doesn't feel like it. And again, the more you do it, the better at this you'll get. I know I roll, right? You're like, I don't want to do it. But if you want to really enjoy connecting with people and you don't want to be drained, you have to remember that keeping conversations light and simple is the best way to have that type of exchange. And just remember that going deep will happen but people have to feel like they can trust you and that isn't something that happens overnight it's something that takes time and personally i know that if i'm in a i'm in a room with people and somebody starts to talk to me about all their crazy shit i will usually just find another place to go because i don't like oversharers i find that very repelling Most people with good boundaries find that repelling because it's often interpreted as desperate and also that you lack social skills. Like you lack the awareness of how to have small talk. And there's no shame in that. It's all about really understanding, again, the environment and that people don't want to go deep and that there's nothing wrong with that. There's a time and a place for it. This is not the time and the place. This is about small talk. And this is about you leaning into other people instead of expecting everybody to acknowledge you and hear you and listen to you. This is genuinely about improving your communication skills, your active listening skills, and your ability to have very simple but fun conversations. So, yeah, I hope it inspires you. I hope that this uh, alleviates any anxiety you may have around small talk and gives you a road map for navigating your next small talk interactions. So I will talk with you soon. Bye.